Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to We Watched A Thing. I'm Billy. Yes, you are. <laughs> and who are you, buddy? Uh, Topher. How have you been, Toph? Uh Oh, look, nothing a functioning spine wouldn't fix. <laughs> How about you? My back is also broken. <laughs> I mean, we both, I mean, as people heard last week, we had a very long flight. I mean, long enough to watch 2001 Space Odyssey, and that's a bloody long movie. That's not what did it, though. <laughs> what did it? I don't know. I probably tried to pick something up. <laughs> that was foolish. How dare you try that? I know. We did have a pretty fun weekend, though. What did we get up to this weekend? Uh, we, had a, we had a quick chat to Hamish and Andy. That's right, we did. Who Australian legends. If you're in Australia, you know who that is. Yeah. If you're not, you probably don't. But if you're not in Australia, you should check out their podcast because they are actually much funnier than us. They're genuinely funny. <laughs> they are genuinely funny guys. And we were blessed with the chance to chat to them for our upcoming 50th episode. What are we doing for that? I don't know if we've mentioned that yet. I forget all I was thinking about the fact that Andy's a Carlton supporter. <laughs> all I care about. <laughs> For those non-Australians, Carlton are a terrible Australian rules football team. Because for our 50th episode, we are going back and watching all eight Fast and Furious movies in one sitting. Because we're just- Because <laughs> we hate ourselves. That's how much we don't have anything good to do with our lives. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But Amish and Andy were kind enough to have a chat to us about Fast and Furious. So look out for that coming up. Uh, I had a good experience, cinema experience, uh, this weekend just gone though. Yeah, is that for the movie that we're going to talk about today? Uh, I saw The Wife. You saw The Wife? My mum and dad saw The Wife. Yeah. Did good. you like it? It's good. Close and Price are phenomenal. Excellent. Just awesome. Will you be doing a little thing for the Patreon for that one? I may well. Nice. I look forward to hearing that. And what else did we check out this weekend? I also went to the cinema to see Mission Impossible Fallout. So did I. Funnily enough, let's talk about it. Okay. Mission Impossible Fallout is written, produced, and directed by Christopher McQuarrie. Whose entire existence is being Tom Cruise's vehicle. Yeah, so he's been with the series since starting as an uncredited writer for Ghost Protocol. Uh, then he wrote and directed Rogue Nation. And for this one, written, directed, and produced. And he did The Mummy. Yeah, so this- But he, he also wrote The Usual Suspects. Yeah, yeah. This is the guy who went from the brilliance of The Usual Suspects to The, the Mummy. These things. <laughs> and and now, yeah, the Mission Impossible series. Uh, so it stars Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill, Simon Pegg, Ving Rhames, Rebecca Ferguson, Michelle Monaghan, Angela Bassett, and Alec Baldwin. Currently, it holds 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, 86 on Metacritic, and 8.2 on IMDb. So it's pretty much universally well-praised. Yeah, I said to you that- so you haven't seen any Mission Impossible films? And I, I still have not, no. Yeah, this is now the you, only you one I've see seen. You didn't Fallout? This is just me. <laughs> <laughs> I still have only- Fallout is now the only one I've seen. Yeah, so I'm, I've been like- in, I haven't seen all of them. Yeah. Um, I'm entirely meh on this franchise. I don't hate the movies, but I'm not rushing out to see them. So, like, we knew the what the critical reaction to this film had been yeah. before we saw it. And I was like, really? Is this- is this some Russian bots or or is this real? Like the, the bar had been set high it by the time this film came out down here in Oz. Now, can I just say, I feel too high. Is that fair? I think it is, sir. I, I, <laughs> I, I, like, I liked the movie and I had a lot of fun with it, but I still find it hard to put together the things I've been hearing about this movie with what this movie is. Because essentially, so I saw this two days before you. 
And I said to you on our drive to Sydney, because we were having a little chat, I said, I got definite Fast and Furious vibes from this. And I, like, to me, this is just a dumb, fun movie. This is this is really no different than Skyscraper, for example, except it's slightly better made and has Tom Cruise instead of The Rock. Am I wrong in feeling that? I think we're in for a um, an echo chamber episode here, my friend. I think we are lockstep. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, it doesn't really matter that you haven't seen any Mission Impossible films to begin with, because the first 20 minutes of this film, to say that the exposition is heavy-handed would be an understatement. Like yeah. Alec Baldwin, you remember that scene at the airport where Alec Baldwin's just reciting his resume to Tom Cruise? And I'm like, he knows. Yeah. The, he knows who you are. The only thing that I feel like seeing the previous movies would have helped me with is getting me in the right mindset for what this movie was. Because I was expecting this to be a serious action movie instead of the dumb fun that it is. And it is a lot of fun and it is very well made. But like I said, to me, this is really no different than Fast and Furious or Skyscraper or any of those other action films. So I don't understand the talk I've been hearing. So I said I said to you earlier today that the night that I saw, or no, sorry, the day after I saw Fallout, I watched the first one from 1996. Yeah. Which, looking back on it now, like it has dated. It looks like a more than 20-year-old film. Yeah. But my recollections were right in that it is a spy film. Okay. It's got elevated action sequences compared to a spy film. Yeah, but, but it's much more subdued but than this. Yeah, like Ethan Hunt in that film is an operative, not a superhuman. The, and this is one thing I was going to bring up, especially- I'm going to stop comparing to The Rock shortly, but when we watched you know, Skyscraper, you spoke about- and I think we've had this conversation before about like the difference between Die Hard, for example, and The Rock, is that Bruce Willis- is just a regular normal dude. And that's what made that movie fun compared to The Rock in Skyscraper, where he's basically immortal. I had the same experience watching this, where I'm like, Tom Cruise is not a normal man in this movie. He spends 90% of the film running at incredibly fast speeds. And I know that he performed his own stunts. And for some reason, that makes people think, oh, okay, yeah, this is realistic. It's not realistic. None of this movie is- it is- in the exact same realm as any of those crazy action movies. Did you get any kind of sense from this film as to who Ethan Hunt is as a character? No, I, d- I don't know who he is. I assume he's just- I've now watched- So, how many films are there now? Six? Six. I've seen- I've now seen four of the six. And, like, Ethan Hunt is just this blank slate. So, he's, even in the first one? In the first one, he's he's more of a person in the first one. Yeah. But now he's, like, if you had to describe- Who's Ethan Hunt? He's a guy who likes to run. Like, really? Yeah. And he doesn't even have a moustache. <laughs> we have to talk about Henry Cavill's moustache. We do. <laughs> I mean, it was a big part of our first ever podcast. That's right. And the truth is, I don't know why it's there. Do you think that it was integral for his character to have this dirty mo? I don't know if it was just part of Henry Cavill's contract that he was like, I'm going to show people that I can be this attractive even with a dirty mo. Yeah, because I've had a dirty mo before and I do not look that attractive. It's not the same thing. It's not the same. My wife will tell you that. <laughs> she would. She'd go into detail about Henry Cavill. Yeah, uh, like, I'm glad he did it, especially for what the beauty it gave us in Justice League. Oh, yes. But, um... Yeah, I don't think it was 100% necessary. Look, all this being said, I know that it sounds like we've been fairly negative so far, but the truth is that I did enjoy 
this movie. The movie is fun. I do feel like it would be impossible to not have fun in this movie. But like I said in Skyscraper, I felt the same way then. You know, th- this to me is just a fun movie. I don't think it's earth shattering. Yeah, I think I would have enjoyed the film more had I heard and seen nothing about it. Because yeah. I remember when the trailer for this film came out, I was like, yep, looks like another Mission Impossible film. Yeah. And that's where my expectations were. Then you start hearing that this is the best thing since sliced bread. Also, I was not prepared for the cheesiness. I did not know that your mission, if you choose to accept it, was an actual thing from this franchise. Oh, yeah. That's from the TV show. I had no idea. Like, that's pretty cheesy, right? I'll say that, I mean, yes, it is. But I, I suppose I have no beef with that because it's just a inbuilt part of it. And- I know, but because I'm coming into this blind, not seeing any of the other movies, and all the talk I've heard is this is the best film ever, and then you get dialogue like that in there, I'm like, oh, so that's what this is. That's where my bar should have been set. One thing I find interesting is that, in my opinion, the music for these films have gotten worse year by year, with the exception of, I think at one point, Limp Biscuit were involved in the theme music <laughs> for one of them. I think it was either the second or third one. I know you're a big Biscuit fan. Oh, my God. Now all the critics want to hit it. It's it can we did it. Just because they don't get it. Is there anything on this planet worse than Limp Biscuit? Nickelback. Okay. We should get- You got me. We should get a Nickelback doing the soundtrack. Like at the end of Spider-Man. That was just the Chad, but- Bad enough. It's enough. It's (laughs) enough of the back. (laughs) I like the score in general, but and I was like, oh, this is cool that they're kind of holding off on really hitting us with the Mission Impossible music. And then when it finally came around, I was like, okay, I liked the 96 version of this a lot more. See, I guess for for me, I know the. I nearly had you though, didn't I? No, no, not at all. But that was something that happened between films one and two. In film one, Ethan Hunt is not James Bond. In film two, like that, yeah, Ethan Hunt is James Bond. And as for the other characters, like Vin Ving Rhames and all these other people, when do they come into it? So uh, Ving Rhames is in the first one. Okay, but obviously Simon Pegg wasn't because he was barely even think, an actor in I the first I think Pegg one. came in in the third one. Okay. And it's like characters in the Fast and Furious franchise where as the films go by, whatever the situation is, whatever the situation demands of their abilities, they have those abilities. Yeah. Like Ving yeah. Rhames in the first one is a computer hacker yeah. and that's all he is. <laughs> so he's ludicrous, basically. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. He's the reverse ludicrous. He <laughs> <laughs> starts- on the computer, and then gets street cred. Yeah. Ludicrous started on the street, and then- yeah, Becomes I can, a master. I can hack it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I also did not really love Ving Rhames, and, and even Simon Pegg in I this- I thought Ving Rhames looked pretty bored. Yeah, and I like Simon Pegg, but it, I, he just felt really out of place for me here. I'll tell you what is fun, in a really- It's like, it's pretty childish, the way this happens, but there is something fun when you're watching a movie, and you're like- Hey, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> he felt kind of famous for a second. It, it is. It's kind of <laughs> by extension. You're like, hey, I've stepped exactly where Tom Cruise is stepping right now. Yeah. It's just oh, kind oh, of- only, only much fatter. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. And taller. Let's talk about Cruise for a second, because we spoke about this very, very briefly at the end of our last episode, where I said, do you think that this franchise could work without Cruise? And I'm telling you right this second, right here, right now, that the answer is no. This is not James Bond. This, the Mission Impossible series, is still a cruise vehicle. And the only reason it works 
is that people know that it's Cruz and they know he's doing those stunts. I think because I think at one point the idea was that Jeremy Renner would would be handed the baton. Right. And then, I don't know, Tom Cruise <laughs> bought the rights to Jeremy Renner and threw him in the bin or something. <laughs> That's why he wasn't in Infinity War. <laughs> Marvel called up Tom Cruise and was like, can we use Hawkeye? He's like, nope, <laughs> only with a moustache. <laughs> yeah, because the, the reason this franchise works and the reason it's so successful is is because of Cruise. You know, and we were talking actually the other day, completely unrelated, about star power and whether it exists these days and whether there are still those people who are bankable enough to make a film work. The answer is yes, and it's Tom Cruise with Mission Impossible. Yeah, like- you talk to people and everyone's like, oh, no, I can't stand Tom Cruise. Well, clearly a bunch of you are lying. Yeah. And the truth is, dude can act and dude can do some incredible things. Like the stunts that he's doing, you know, the the scene where he out, jumps out of the plane, he actually did that. He jumped out of that plane over a hundred times so they could get all the angles they needed. The sh- shots of him jumping, you know, and he actually broke his ankle on one of the- And that's the take that's used when you see him hobbling off. He broke his mm. ankle and kept running. It is impressive, and he can do some great stuff. Yeah. I, I don't subscribe at all to the the idea that some people have that Tom Cruise can't act. I think that's genuine garbage. Yeah. I am largely completely underwhelmed by 21st century Tom Cruise because kind of post-Oprah, he's become an incredibly safe yeah. film professional rather yeah. than – whereas you look at the years leading up to that where you've got films like uh, Eyes Wide Shut – Magnolia, he's just he's just he's not doing those roles anymore, which I find a bummer because I think Tom Cruise is really good. Yeah, he just he just doesn't do it anymore. He's like, I'll just do a sick stunt, get paid, and not annoy anyone, which yeah. I think's a bummer. I I get it though. Like, I'm just a good way to make a living. Yeah, I mean, it is probably. Especially with with the Scientology stuff, that was really when people started to think, well, this guy's just a weirdo and not wanted to have anything to do with him. And like you said before, there is that mentality that, oh, I hate Tom Cruise. People hate Tom Cruise. So why not stick to the safe stuff? My Yeah, my argument would be because you're better than that. Yeah. Some of the action in this film, which, again, hyped to the max that this is just the best action you've seen in a very long time, there is an- I don't agree with that, but there is good action in the film. There is some very good For instance, in I like the motorbike chase. Yeah. And one of the a thing they do in that, which which is not really normal, but I thought was really effective, was that so much of it is shown looking at Tom Cruise head on. Mm. And you see him, he'll swerve, but you don't know why. Yeah. And then something comes past the camera. Yeah. That really worked. Yeah, it was actually- like, oh, jeez, that's why he swerved. It was that's- actually <laughs> shot and directed and everything really effectively. And editing, the editing and the sound design in this film was very, very good. The only thing then with that car chase, uh, sorry, the, the motorbike chase, is that you've got this cool chase and then you end it with a crash, which, I'm sorry, is fatal. <laughs> yeah. You don't get up from that crash. But he he's superhuman. And this is kind of my beef with, like, Tom Cruise doing a bunch of the stunts and doing these things for real, which is cool. Good on you. But if you're going to do all these things and really tout how real all this stuff is, that then gets wiped away when you do things like that. If you go into the bother of doing all these things for real, and again, props to you, then per- for, for my enjoyment, this is only for me, yeah. then I think you've got to say, well, this is in the real world. Yeah. Whereas what we're watching is not in the real world. It's in that 
It's in the make-believe cinema world that Skyscraper exists in. Yeah. That's why, to me, my favourite action scene in this film was actually the bathroom fight. Absolutely. That was by far the best action scene in this film. It was choreographed really well. It was shot really well. There was weight and feel to the action. When someone was thrown through glass or something, you actually- you felt it and you could see that they, they fell through it, you know. But then later on, that gets offset by like old mate the bad guy grabbing someone through a timber wall. Yeah. Just like goes full beast mode and grabs <laughs> someone through it. And I'm like, hang on. Yeah. You're not the rock. You can't do that. <laughs> but the rock could do it. The rock could do it. The rock could do what he wants. The rock could do whatever the rock damn well pleases. <laughs> and then another instance of just, just to bang on about it and be a miserable bastard, um, we get- a cool sequence of Tom Cruise getting into the helicopter. That's cool. Well done, you, Tom. Yeah. And then at the end of that sequence- He learns to fly the helicopter in a matter of seconds. Well, yeah, there is that. (laughs) And then when they crash, they crash on the side of a mountain, the helicopters roll for a bit and fall down an organically occurring chute, which is the exact (laughs) size of a helicopter. Yeah. And then when that's done, the helicopter's going to fall off the edge. Oh, thank God this hook just found <laughs> yeah. somewhere to support the weight of a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just... And, like, if, if that's your movie, that's fine. Yeah, look, but that all being said, I did enjoy this movie. I had fun with it. For me, it's a matter of expectations. I also liked Skyscraper, and I also, to an extent, enjoyed parts of Pacific Rim 2 as bad as it was. Like, this movie is, to me, the same as those. This isn't Mad Max Fury Road. This isn't set in a realistic environment. This is a fantasy film, and that's fine because it's fun and it's well made, but it's not going to win any Oscars. Certainly not for the script, anyway. Yeah, I mean, the script is bad. The script is cheesy. The plot is lazy. The characters aren't good. You could go on and on. Again, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm saying I don't understand. I can't correlate the film I saw with the talk I've heard is my issue. But yeah, to go along with all that, you do have, apart from I said Ving Rhames looked looked bored, and I do think he looked bored, most of the, most of the actors in this film appear to be having a great time. Yeah. And that's, and that's fun to go along with. Yeah. And I do think I do think the filmmaking craft that went into this film is good. I think the direction is good, the cinematography's good. All that stuff is very well executed. So yeah, effectively, like the film I saw completely marries up with my expectations after I first saw a trailer for this film. Yeah. And and my expectations of this franchise as a whole. I wish to God I hadn't seen any reaction from the rest of the world. Because then I would have walked in and been like, yep, that's what I thought I was going to get. Yeah. And for a, for a matinee, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome to my money. Did you see this with your partner? Yep. And what did, did she feel the same way? Why do I bother asking this? You never talk to her. Why don't you talk to her? It was sport to watch later that day. <laughs> we were saving up our conversation <laughs> for what was to come. Because I watched this with my wife. She doesn't often get out these days because she's all mad preggers. But she well, was- whose fault is that, really? <laughs> I'm sorry. I messed up. <laughs> but she, she was keen to see this one, and sh- she liked it more than I did. She okay. had a lot of fun with it. But again, she has actually seen previous Mission Impossible films. Yeah. So she, I think, had more of an expectation of what to expect. Yeah, right. But she enjoyed it a lot. And of course, 
Cavill. <laughs> like, I think she was mostly happy to see Cavill. And then, and then to look at me and go, see, facial hair can work if you do it right, you fat f***. <laughs> I mean, not in those words, but I read her tone. Also, the gym can work. <laughs> Jesus, don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. It's pretty much your reaction to the gym, isn't it? <laughs> You're a bad friend. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Summing up. Mission Impossible Fallout, for me, it's fine. If you're after a bit of entertainment, switch your brain off, watch Tom Cruise run away from some things, you'll enjoy it. Well, sorry, you may not. You may love it. In fact, if you're the rest of the world, you probably do love it. Yeah, you probably do. You probably love it, and that's great. I enjoyed it. I'm giving it a hard six. I'm giving it a five. Yeah. It's... It's middle of the road in a completely acceptable way. Yeah, it's totally fun viewing. If you want to go to the movies and just get out of the heat or get out of the cold, whatever part of the world you're in at the moment, go for it. (laughs) The world is very large. There are many seasons. I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) They're only... Well, actually, no. I mean, in Australia, we have more than one season at a time because the top end of the country just has a dry season and a wet season. That's right. Okay. So, Mission Impossible Fallout from We Watch The Thing gets a soft... Tick. Yes, definitely. A soft recommendation. Yes. What's next on our adventures? Next week, there is absolutely nothing coming out. So we're going back to a throwback. Last time we did one of these was only a week ago when you gave us 2001 Space Odyssey. Yes. So, yeah, let's just, (laughs) for those keeping score at home, so far in the realm of (laughs) sci-fi, I've brought 2001 A Space Odyssey. Billy's brought, what was it again? Sphere and John Carter. There we go. Both of which great films. (laughs) We don't just do sci-fis, though. No. What, what else have we watched here? Uh, the very first throwback we had, I chose, and it was from the Top 250, Spirited Away. And in fact, this week, we're going back to the Top 250 and back to Japan. And we're watching Princess Mononoke. I'm looking forward to that. I remember yeah. I remember when that film came out. I was like, yeah? oh, I should get to that. It's a great film. And that was a while ago. <laughs> People have compared it to, like, The Lord of the Rings or Star Wars of anime. Just, like, the epic kind of... I don't know how I remember this. I remember the the review I read of that film in our local paper said, Akira is still the best anime film, but this is the best film that is anime. I think that that- I don't- Why do I- Why do I remember that? (laughs) You have a very strange memory, my friend. It's so selective, isn't it? (laughs) You'll be like, what did you do on the weekend? I don't know. (laughs) No, no I can quote a film review from the late nineties. <laughs> well, that was your that was your heyday. Oh yes, that was when you were at your that peak. was peak Topher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to watching that one with you. Well, not with me. Well, we might. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. And then after that, we're going back to the cinemas. We've got two big releases left for August. We've got Black Klansman and The Meg. Well, I'm very much looking forward to one of them. Yeah, I know. The Meg looks fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you got Statham. you got a shark. It's, oh, mate, it's yeah. everything you need. <laughs> then something by some guy called Spike Lee. Yeah. Look, I'm sure it'll be fine. Oh. But unfair to compare anything to The Meg. And they sure. both come out the same day, so I feel really sorry for Spike. He's getting no money because it's all going to the bag. All right. Thanks for talking with me, Billy. Thank you, buddy. I had a lot of fun this week. <laughs> and if you want to talk to us or get in contact with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or at wewatchedathing at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing.com. 
If you'd like to help support the show, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash we watch the thing and there's bonus episodes, early access, and you can even tell us a movie to watch, which is a ton of fun. In the meantime, go watch a movie. Bye everyone. Cause I'm an idiot, a loser, microphone